This podcast is brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. Yo, and today I'm really excited for our third episode of What's Next Alberta. Today we're going to be shining the light on some exciting things happening in our city, in Calgary, in, in our province, in Alberta, and a story that many of us may know a little bit about, but we're going to dig in a little bit more into that right away with our special guest. But to start with, I just wanted to maybe set the table a little bit with a bit of a theme here. You know, we're going to be talking about the power of leadership and the power leadership can have on driving change. And I just wanted to share a little bit of a personal story, my own story as a, as a kid growing up. You know, I, I shared in our first episode, I grew up in a household where my mother was an entrepreneur. In fact, I learned so much from my mom. I owe her so much around work ethic around, you know, resilience and tenacity and just this uh, incredible courage that she had as an entrepreneur. I was working with her in her store stocking shelves when I was eight years old. I remember very early how important hard work is. And I was inspired because uh, she created so much hope for others. She created jobs for people. She helped people who perhaps didn't see a lot of opportunity in their lives learn to pursue opportunity. I saw firsthand just how much she taught other people around all these things that I just talked about, the value of, of hard work and the value of determination and creativity, and I could go on and on. And there's no question here that, uh, you know, we're, we're in a community that's under a lot of pressure. Alberta is facing a lot of economic pressure. And it does remind me of that the same time uh, when I was a kid growing up in Winnipeg, a, t a society at that time that was going through a lot of pressure. And, I, you know, one of these most memorable stories that I, I have in my head is she was this entrepreneur who wanted not just to build her own business. She wanted to build the community around her and the uh, national branded grocery chain that were closing the store in this community. And she created this big rally, brought people out to, to basically literally protest this grocery chain to say, you can't close the store. You close the store, it's going to have a very negative impact on our community. And what's funny is the, the learning I, I got from that is she wasn't successful. She was crushed. She was this, this store closed. But she got a phone call like two weeks after this rally from the competing grocery store chain that said, if you're serious about supporting that local grocery store, we will come in. Which goes to show you sometimes, you know, the change you need isn't the one you hope for, but it ultimately, you know, when you, when you have the courage to stand up and change the world, the world does change. And that maybe leads me to the place right now to introduce you to our special guest, Desiree Bombino. Desiree, say hi. Hello. Nice <laughs> Welcome to be here. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Very excited. I'm going to just embarrass you for one moment, if I may, just because you probably are one of the most accomplished people I know. And I know a lot of people. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is, this is pretty special for me to have you on our show. You know, you're somebody who has overcome incredible barriers. You've been in constant transformation probably your entire life. You've pursued your passions You've done things that a lot of people dream about, but you've had the courage to go out and pursue. You're the CEO and Chief Disruption Officer of SureCall Contact Centers. You employ, like, I believe at least 130 people, maybe closer to a couple hundred people. You uh, also are CEO of Desiree Imports. We can talk a lot about that. <laughs> that sounds like a fun business to be CEO of. You're the Vice Chair of the Calgary Chamber. You're on a lot of boards, and I mean, I could just go down a list here. You are the author of two action adventure books, which is Correct. pretty darn cool. You're a certified sommelier. You've won more awards than I can count. Most recently, 2019 Entrepreneur of the Year Award by EY. 
You were a finalist for the 2020 RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneur Awards. This is just the icing on the cake of your career. So before I keep talking about you, tell us a little bit about yourself, Desiree. Well, thank you. First, thank you very much for having me here. It's it's very exciting. And what an incredible story about your mom. Who knew? Like, that is fantastic. And no wonder you are the character that you are. Wellington is just uh, exceptional. So a little bit about myself. I've lived in Calgary most of my life since I was three years old. And so I believe close enough to a native Calgarian as you can get. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a tough life. You know, my parents are immigrants. I was an immigrant technically, and uh, it wasn't easy. We were not well off. We didn't have a lot of money. So I learned early to, you know, be grateful and, and appreciate everything that has been given to me along the way. So just a uh, tough life, grew up, hard times in Calgary, seen the city go through a lot, was fortunate enough to get into an organization at a young age to be able to help propel it and uh, become an active part of the Calgary business community. So just loving that and uh, what Surecall is doing today. So tell us a little bit about Surecall. So this is a business that is completely not what you would expect necessarily in Alberta. What's traditionally been known as an oil and gas town in Calgary and Alberta oil and gas community, we know the Alberta story has changed so much in recent years, but yours is a great example. Like you've gone, you took a very different path from others. So where did Surecall come from? The foundation of Surecall came from a telecommunications company, believe it or not. My husband founded back in 1982 here in Calgary. And some of the people on this podcast, but probably mostly not because they're too young, would remember PDL Mobility and then PDL Contact Centers after. And really what the contact center was, was a dispatch center for paging. Well, as you know, that's evolved and telecommunications has evolved. And we needed to do something with this dispatch center that we had. And I just had this idea and chatted with Mark about it and said, hey, here's a service we can provide to our customers to help build and expand their business and help them to be able to be open to their customers whenever their customers need it. So we opened an after-hours call center service. In 2010-11, I took a sabbatical, as you mentioned, wrote a couple of action uh, adventure novels, really bad ones. Oh, I um, doubt they were so, bad. I doubt they were bad. <laughs> so uh, if you pick them up, just please don't picture me when you're reading them. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I came back and I had a real sort of epiphany as to what business really means and what we're supposed to be doing with our businesses and what is the real purpose behind business. And uh, I talked to Mark and together we founded SureCall and to use an over used word, we pivoted the entire organization, reimagined what we could do with business, and we turned ourselves from a profit-driven business to a purpose-driven business. And now we utilize our business as a force for good in this community. And I think that's really the breakthrough that we've had, myself and my husband, as, as founders of this business. Yeah, right on. Now, you employ hundreds of people in this province, which is pretty cool. And in other provinces across Canada. And you have customers all over the globe, that's right. We have global customers, and a lot of people wouldn't know that we actually uh, deal with a lot of customers. Actually, the majority of our business is uh, the United States and uh, Europe right now, and we're moving into Australia, South Africa. So it's really interesting because when I talk to people about that in our business community, they go, really? 
<laughs> we've never heard about you, right? And I said, no, you've heard us. You've just never seen us, right? right because we are answering for some of the largest entities in Alberta and around the world. That's pretty cool. So tell me a little bit more around, like, given this isn't necessarily a natural area for, you know, the traditional Alberta economy. Like when you were setting out and building this business, like what were some of the big hurdles you had to overcome? Oh, uh, for sure, in the early days, labor, the energy industry was booming during, you know, the startup of this. And it was very difficult to find people who would work in another sector. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the wages that they were earning in, in oil and gas were just exceptional. So it was very difficult to convince them. But in all honesty, at the end of the day, once they understood our big picture purpose, once they understood that they were going to be achieving something more than just, you know, going to work and doing a job every day, we started to attract a lot of great talent. And it also started to attract a lot of these great global players who wanted to actually do business with a corporation that they could utilize as a front end for themselves to say, hey, we're contributing to the betterment of the world, to the community, because we utilize this organization that is a certified corporation and is uh, doing work for the community and for the globe in order to make it better. Yeah. I, I, lo I love that story and, and how important purpose is to really attract great people because people want to make a difference. Nobody wants to go to work just to work, right? People want to know they're doing important work. I know that is certainly what we believe as a credit union. Like we're committed to the communities we're in. We're here to make Alberta a better place. Every community we serve, we want to make a great place. And you've done that too. One of the stories I'd love you to, sh if you're willing to share is around, you know, your employees, like your commitment to them. You've invested heavily in training and developing them, which is important in this province in a place where maybe we don't have like an abundance of labor who have those natural skills. Share some of the, the background on that. Right. So, you know, we believe in recruiting people, first of all, through a profiling program. So I think that's a, a unique thing about our organization that is being copied. And I'm grateful that it is where we just send a link out. We don't know the name of the candidate. We don't know what gender they are or what they identify with. We don't know what race, religion, any of that stuff. They fill out the profile if they hit a certain number, 85 or higher, we actually hire them on the spot. But they get to come in and have a conversation with us about whether they want to work with our organization. And the reality that brings to us is creativity through diversity and inclusion. And so building that type of business where, you know, you've got all of these individuals from various backgrounds has been tremendously successful for us. And so what we've also done is we've invested tremendously in the certification program that we've created within in-house, you know, for these individuals. So the reason we go and do that profile test is because it doesn't matter who comes to us. It's all about their attitude and fitting into the culture. Once that fit is there, we're able to upskill them to whatever we need them to do. That's the easy part, right? It's really bringing in the right mindset, the right culture, the right attitude into your organization. So we have designed programs in order to upskill, to help elevate the, the team and to always be supportive of their success. And one of the things that I chat to my team about continuously is the fact that we're investing in you. The most important people in the organization is our front line. Our entire leadership team knows that. And when I talk to other CEOs, they go, well, aren't your customers the most important thing to you? And I say, no, they're not. My team is the most important because if I look after them, they will take care of my customers. And that's exactly what's happened. I love that. And I totally agree with that philosophy. That is awesome. And it's working. 
it's working right on right on you're growing you're you're becoming a global success story which is incredible but maybe we can bring the story a little bit back to you like one of the things that we're hoping to do with this particular podcast is inspire those future leaders who are right now sitting at home wondering do they have what it takes to go make something great happen to build a business to create a new future that isn't obvious right now with all the economic challenges we're facing as a province so if you were to give advice to an entrepreneur on the street dreaming of what you've done what would you tell them i would tell them that right now is the biggest opportunity that they will ever have like when you think about what's going on globally and economically there are so many pain points and so many problems to solve yeah. so i would say you know think about those things get creative and then go for it i mean once you dip your toe into the entrepreneurial pool you have no option but to dive in because it's so <laughs> much fun right a caveat on that is there's risk associated with everything so you know make sure you're monitoring your risk make sure that you have some good backing some good funding maybe through a great credit union uh, <laughs> and uh, then go for it and you know if you believe in your plan and uh, you you get uh, buy-in from your team it's going to happen and so on that note like what would be some of the skills the like what makes a great entrepreneur a great business leader a great leader of change in your perspective well i think it's really about you know having that skill set to to solve problems right uh, complex problems and also to be able to um have gratitude for the people around you and the team that you're building you have to have a lot of patience obviously everything's not going to happen overnight but if it does you have to be prepared to be able to scale up quickly and have an amazing amount of resilience because being an entrepreneur means that you're going to have highs you're going to have lows and you have to be able to take all of that bad with the good but it's perseverance and resilience that's going to build a sustainable entity at the end of the day don't give up in the ninth inning is is what i would say desiree i have to i have to say i don't want this to sound uh, like i'm bragging here i know a lot of people you might be one of the most well connected people i've ever met who do you surround yourself with like how have you built that network around you to and how have you chosen those people and is there rhyme or reason why you've done that or how you've done that Well, you know, I surround myself with other successful people and positive people. I think that's the most important piece is maybe not who to surround yourself with, but who not to surround yourself mm. with. And when I think about, you know, in my younger years and when I was struggling, I took a look at who I was hanging out with and really it was the wrong people. Mm. It was the people that did not have the can-do mindset. It was the people that didn't want to try just a little bit harder. So I think again surround yourself with great people, good people, people who care. People are about making a difference and not, you know, what they can get out of it. Yeah, right on. I love that. Now, the name of the podcast is What's Next Alberta? And certainly as a credit union, you know, our values are about, you know, building the communities we're in, supporting our members to be as successful as possible. Now, you could have started your business anywhere. Why did you start it here? Because Alberta is the to me, you know, the center of entrepreneurialism. Like if you're going to look for a mecca in Canada, this is it. Unlike other places, we have gone through amazing amazing challenges in this province. Not just with the economy and the energy industry, but natural disasters, floods, fires and continuous floods and fires year after year and and some of the things we've had to go through. It's been more than any other province and yet we still come out on top being positive persevering through those things. 
So when I think about the fact that Alberta's always been a contributor and, you know, we've never taken handouts, we've always done things for ourselves and made it happen here. If there's any place on the planet that I want to be during this challenging time that we're having through times that we've never seen before, it's Calgary and it's Alberta. Right on. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about, I think, a passion you have around, because you've started so many initiatives to really support gender parity in business and in enterprise. And I want to share a little bit about that story, because you've done a lot of good work here. Yeah, you know, gender parity is important. Women are 51% of the population on this planet. So, you know, if, if I were to ask you, should 51% have equal share, uh, equal pay, equal time, equal attention, equal education, I'm sure you would say yes. And so it, it's been this big sort of challenge of mine to get out there and see what I could do to make a difference in that specific area. World Economic Forum, you know, when you look at those numbers, adding women to your leadership team or to your board will actually increase the GDP of any community of the country. So why not invest in that, you know, equation? It's it's going to come out with positive, profitable outcomes. The other reason is because uh, women don't get a fair shake, especially in underdeveloped and, um, you know, developing communities, underserved communities. And so what I've done is, uh, you know, I spent some time down at Harvard creating a program called Hero Girls. And really, it is a program that educates females in underserved and uh, developing communities in order to raise the prosperity, actually, of the entire community. And so we've seen this go to work. And it's been an incredible, incredible thing to watch these girls who have never had an opportunity to be educated, get educated, develop innovation projects, and it's really about empowering girls. And I put in the entrepreneurial piece of, you need to create an innovation project. And I went there in 2019 and watched 30 of these innovation projects launch in these small villages outside of Dang, Nepal. And uh, it's been an incredible journey. So I really believe in equity among everybody, equality for everybody in the world. And to me, it doesn't matter gender as long as it's fair. And so we need to do some work there, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm helping. And there's no question you are. Now, you've built a very successful business. You're actually having a big impact on changing the world, which I think a lot of leaders aspire to do. You're doing it. But you've also started a really fun business. So we got to talk about that <laughs> for a minute, too. So how did you get into the wine business, Desiree? Well, first of all, <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur, and I drink. <laughs> And so I, uh, I do enjoy wine. And um, as I was starting to collect wine and buying wine, it just made sense to me that I needed to be educated about what I was doing, yeah. right? So I became a sommelier, as, as you uh, mentioned. And then, of course, as, as any entrepreneur will do, they'll go, I have this education. What else can I do with it? So really, I went, you know, here's, here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to go and see these wineries and, and visit more, learn more. Yeah. And eventually I got convinced that I should be importing these wines into Alberta so that everybody can, you know, share in some of these great explorations that I've had with wine. So that's what I'm doing with the wine business. We're importing really incredible wines out of France, out of uh, Oregon, Canada, and it gives you an opportunity to to see the world and, and what we're doing with wine. And what I love about that story is often people think, well, if I'm going to build a business, I have to go into something that is, you know, big or industrial or, you know, in your case, telecom. 
what you've also proven is you can also go into a business you're passionate about. And if you're passionate about it, you can make that successful too. Absolutely. And I think it's it's almost the other way around. I don't think you should go into a business unless you're passionate about love it. That. Love so that. So if you're not passionate about what you're doing, regardless if you're an entrepreneur or not, maybe I'm going to get in trouble for saying this out <laughs> loud, um, but you should be looking at your options, <laughs> right, with regards to what you're doing with your life. And I think a lot of people during this pandemic are probably doing just that right now. So getting closer to the end of our conversation here. And one question I'd be remiss if I didn't ask would be, uh, you're on the Connect First Credit Union sponsored podcast here. We're on a journey. You know, we're trying to reimagine what a credit union could be like, how, what it should be, what it needs to be like for the 2020s, if we're really going to have the impact that we need to, to help Alberta transform in the next decade, to help Alberta transition to the new economic realities. And and uh, we're on that journey right now. And uh, we've got four really exciting credit unions coming together under a new roof, new brand. We're, we're reimagining everything. What advice would you have for us? You've been in the business of a long time. You've seen a lot of stuff out there. What would you tell me? Well, I think you have to differentiate yourself from the large institutions, which I think you already have, which, you know, you guys are on the right path. You know, I will tell you that I I've had dealings with your organization already. I've uh, had the pleasure of doing some banking with Connect First. And I was utterly impressed by the fact that I felt like a person and not an account number. And that was really refreshing. And I think you guys are definitely on the right path. So continue doing what you're doing, but don't forget that that culture is not something that you build and then leave alone. It's something that's evolving and ongoing and really focus on your people and ensure that they understand the importance of that relationship to the customer. I think you guys have it. What you want to do is build on that and expand on that. And like I said, focus on your people. They're going to help your customers grow. And by helping your customers grow, you guys are going to grow. I love it. I love it. So thank you. Great advice that we will be heeding. I promise you that. So Desiree, you know, Alberta's under pressure, lots of stuff going on. What are your predictions for the next five or 10 years for our lovely province that we all love so much? Well, this is a very unfair question, Wellington, (laughs) just simply because of the situation that we're currently Mm -hmm. in. But I really, truly believe that, you know, Alberta, being the type of gritty sort of province that we are, we're going to come out of this and we're going to be good. So I think we're also going to learn a lot of lessons from this. I see already things changing with regards to what we're looking for in industry and sectors. Tech sectors never received a lot of support, certainly Mm -hmm. not while I've been in it. And we're seeing that change today. And I think we're really opening our eyes to what else is out there for Alberta. What, What else can we be great at? And there are so many things. So I think in the next three to five years, we're really going to see Alberta take the turn and not necessarily away from energy, but to embrace everything that's available to us out there. Right on. I love it. Thank you so much, Desiree. Any final thoughts or final words for our audience today? There's a couple of things. Yeah, I I just want to tell everybody out there that right now is the time to say yes and to lead with love. The reason I'm saying that is because if you know that there are struggling restaurants out there and you have the capacity to go out for dinner one night of the week or seven nights of the week, (laughs) right now, do it. If you have some business expertise and somebody asks you to be on a podcast or somebody asks (laughs) you to be on a webinar, 
Um, say yes. If you have the capacity to, as a lender, as a vendor, to have some latitude, if somebody can't pay rent, if somebody can't pay their invoice, and you have some flexibility there, do it. And the lead with love piece is that if you are a leader of a business, an organization, a team, or your family, think about moving away from the 30,000-foot level, stand side-by-side next to your team, and support them. And, you know, be there for them because that's what's going to get them through this next year. Yeah, right on. Those are sage words and important words for everyone. You are amazing, Desiree. I'm so honored that you joined us on our podcast today. So I can't thank you enough. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Next Steps. If there's one thing I'm taking away from my conversation with Desiree today is that there's reason for hope. You know, what a great example, Desiree, as a leader, an individual who's made so much positive change because she had the courage to stand up and do that. And when we do, when each and every one of us, you know, leans in and we all collectively start to make that change in the world around us, we have an opportunity to build an amazing community, an amazing province with a very, very bright future for all of us. And and certainly at Connect First Credit Union, it's what we're aspiring to do every day. We're reimagining what a credit union could look like for the 2020s so that we can change the world starting right here in Alberta. So my prediction is, if we were to fast forward a decade, take a look at what Alberta looks like, I think it's going to look like a very different place than it does today. It's going to be an exciting place. It's going to be a place where our kids are, the next generation is going to be just thriving and embracing a future of hope and a future of unlimited possibilities. But it starts now and the hard work is now. And I'm really hoping all of you will want to come with us on this journey as we work together every day to build a stronger province for everyone. So if you want to share this with friends, we would love that. Um, Please connect with me on LinkedIn or connect with us at Connect First Credit Union on LinkedIn or on Twitter. You can find us anywhere. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. 